Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. And we have with us today, Kara Simons. And we're so excited to welcome her and to talk about the Prairie Majesty Oracle that has come out through Hay House. When, let's see, when, when was it officially released? Um, it was the end of March of this year. End of March of 2022. And so I'm just so excited to delve into this deck with you and, and talk about all the, the creative and beautiful imagery and inspiration that comes from this particular deck and i i was as i was preparing for this interview i was just reading your little tagline just, just kind of like the little mission or the little sentiment that you put out there to the world uh under the prairie majesty oracle it says explore your sovereign nature and i just really really love that and i felt like it's a, a juicy phrase that it could have a lot of different meanings and, and it has this really delicious word in it, the sovereign, which I know <laughs> has a, a synchronistic story tied into it with your, your artist who is the, let's see if I can get her name pronounced correctly. Amy, is it Putney? Uh-huh. Koenig. And then Koenig. Yeah, you did it. Amy right. Putney Koenig. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Two for two. Oh, excellent. Um, so I know that there's a special story about, um, a synchronicity that happened here that I want to maybe you can tell us to our listeners but let's start with that phrase and and I think it encompasses really the the spirit and the soul of this deck so uh, can you tell me about explore your sovereign nature for the prairie majesty oracle absolutely and hi to everyone listening thanks so much for having me I'm delighted to be here and for me um, sovereignty is the foundational block of most things that I do. It's really important to me that anything I create or offer or share comes from the idea that each of us has sovereignty over our own energetic fields, over our bodies, over our choice of how we live our lives. And this deck is a very active deck. I feel like each card is um, has a question on it. It's like opening a door. And so the exploration part for me is that as you work with the deck and the different beings in it, you're opening a bunch of different doors. And the word explore for me also encompasses how I feel in the prairie, because when you're out in the prairie, it's just this wide open vista. You can see endless sky, endless fields. You could roam in any direction that you please. And I, I think that when each of us comes back to that core sense of sovereignty that we each have and remember that we have full spectrum of choice of what we're going to do with our lives um, and how we're going to approach things and how we're going to react and how we're going to live this one wild and precious life, like Mary Oliver says. So the Explore Your Sovereign Nature is an invitation to open each of these doors and to figure out what are the different facets of that for you? What does it look like for you to show up in authenticity and integrity and agency and service? How, how are you going to do that with your life? I, I could so. go on and on, but that's... Yeah, no, yeah. I love that. And you've, you've already kind of given us a little portal into the landscape and the animals and the, um, mm -hmm. the doorways that this deck has to offer. Uh, and, and I think that that word sovereignty is such a great one for uh, tarot use, whether you're a beginner or you've uh, been um, working with or Oracle decks or other kinds of decks. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the big, I think often beginners get a little caught up in like, oh, it's gonna, you know, tell me something that I, um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure of, or that I'm not going to have any control over. And it's very fatalistic minded and or fortune telling minded. And the word sovereignty and the, and the openness, the, the prairie openness that you bring to this deck restores that power in the self to, to make your own choices, to be empowered in those own choices. And that was Absolutely. just a breath of fresh air for this beautiful, beautiful deck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And, and so it is an Oracle deck uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to a tarot deck. We, we uh, of course, interview and, and explore both. I'm a creator of an Oracle deck myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, tell me how you set up the structure of this Oracle and how it might be similar or different from, from other ones that have inspired you. And yeah, just how it, how is it set up? Sure. Well, I feel like I have to... Um, just even reframe it because I don't feel like I set it up. I feel like I received it. And honestly, I did not set out with a plan um, aside from knowing the title and the tagline and that it was about the prairie ecosystem. That was, that was it. And I just received each being that showed up as they organically came through. Um, Sometimes they would give me the verb or the question. And it wasn't until we had a couple of cards left to illustrate that I started to realize that the cards had organized themselves into the structure. I, I didn't set out to do that. Um, I just was going along piece by piece, you know, all these baby steps. And um, as you can see on the cards, each one has a verb that is reminiscent of something that that being does in the wild. And so I loved kind of fanning them out as I started to have more of them and starting to see the patterns or to see like groupings. And so um, I feel like I did not create the structure that the cards showed me that when they were nearly finished. Um, so there's four categories. There's um, the yellow cards are the do cards, and those are um, taking some sort of specific action. It could be an internal process, but it's a very active choice. Then there's the pink cards, which are the no cards. Those are about translating our intuition into a thought form so that we can use it. The blue cards are feeling. And those help us embrace our emotional states without judgment and with compassion for ourselves. And then finally, the green cards are the claim cards. And for me, those are sort of the the master cards of the deck. They really say, okay, as you've moved through that, how are you going to activate and wield your own personal power? What are are you going to do with it? How are you claiming it? How are you showing up in your sovereign nature in the world? Um, And then there's also some bonus cards. So that was another gift after the cards had sort of sorted themselves into the structure. Um, I kept thinking about, uh, it would be really cool. I love lots of layers of interpretation and I wanted to add another possibility. So like I said, each card feels like a doorway and that there's an energy movement as you're going through that doorway, but that energy might express itself in different ways. And so we added four celestial cards and you can use those, you can even pull one of those as a clarifier after you do a reading to tell you which way is that energy going. So like there's the sun card, if you were to pull that, it suggests that the energy you're working with has an external expression and it's visible and it's going out of you. Whereas the moon card could indicate your subconscious has a message, you need to go inside to do this process, um, something hidden coming to light. There's also the star card, which for me represents connection and that could be connection with your earthly community, maybe your star family, your spiritual guides, whoever that is. But it's about uh, belonging and also just that exchange of information, that connection that you have with the unseen. And then lastly, there's the sky card, which is 
reminding us about this huge, open, expansive idea that we talked about with the prairie, that, that anything is possible. So when you pull the sky card, it's saying this energy is limitless and it doesn't want to be boxed in and it doesn't want to be restricted in any way. So how can you step out of the limitations you're putting on yourself? Oh, wow. You really laid out the land for us beautifully. So <laughs> I felt really even better oriented into the deck now. Oh, good. And so, uh, and, and you, you speak about yourself as a receiver of the, of this wisdom and, and conveying it in this form. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your introduction to the prairie? I, I believe it was as a child, right? You were born in um, Actually, no, I wasn't. I I was born in Utah. My parents were many generations of Mormons. They left the church when I was eight. And so we had this huge schism in our family. We moved far away to Wisconsin. So I grew up all over the Midwest. Um, But when I was in high school, my family moved to the Black Hills. And we'd gone on vacation there. My parents fell in love with it. And my dad worked from home so we could move. And while we were there, it was a very small high school. I had come from a huge high school, was very active and involved. And I feel like that was my opportunity because of necessity to start befriending the landscape and starting to move a little bit more outside of just the typical teenage social thing where you're sort of self-absorbed and focused on your friend group and all of that, that I started to notice how I would feel when I would go out on hikes or when I was out in the, in the landscapes of the Black Hills. And there are prairie landscapes there mixed in with other um, ecosystems. And so that was really my first opening into noticing how that made me feel different to be outside when I was aware of it. And then I came back to Iowa to go to law school in 2005. And then I met my now husband, we moved to Des Moines. And so I've been in Iowa since 2005 and in Des Moines specifically for about 14 years now. And so living here, the prairie ecosystem is central to this landscape. And to be honest with you, I didn't really fully appreciate it before doing this deck. I sort of always longed to be near the ocean or be near mountains. And working on this deck really opened my eyes to how beautiful and magical the prairie is. It gave me such a deeper appreciation for how lucky I am to live near the prairie. And that I wanted to share that love and celebrate that with more people who might have never stood out on the prairie and felt that like, you just feel tiny and you feel so exposed. And it's, it's pretty incredible. It's so it's wonderful to hear how, you know, coming from generations that were part of a certain religious system, and then you, your parents, you go off on your own and you find Mm -hmm. a new place that, that the land is always there for us. It's always Absolutely. ready to open its arms and to, if you're ready to open to it, that, that, that you can then become a receiver to this wisdom, even if it wasn't, you know, your birthright or the place that you were born. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that, that's really, really special to, to hear about uh, how that transpired for you. And, and another thing that's notable about this deck is that, uh, of course, there's tons of rich animal wisdom, which mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about, but also that it, it, it started to occur to you that non-animal entities were speaking yes. and wanting to share their wisdom. Can you tell us more about that kind of, you know, without a typical eyes, nose, mouth kind of creature, you know, what, what, yeah. <laughs> what, is, what, what is the significance and wisdom that you felt through these sort of uh, larger than mammal or larger than uh, animal sure. Sure. Well, actually, I don't know that I can distinguish how it felt for me to receive 
the messages from say a plant as opposed to a bird or an insect. I think that the way I received it and how I was able to make that exchange was a very similar process. Um, that, and I think that goes back to one of my core approaches to all of this, that everything has an energetic signature, whether it's an animal or a plant and that they're all sentient, they're all alive. And so as I just was completely open in my mind of, okay, who's talking to me? I forget which of the um, plant beings came through first, but that it would just drop into my mind of, okay, this is, this is who wants to talk. So for example, I know one of them um, that I had a relationship with before is the wild bergamot. I knew her as Sweetleaf when I lived in the Black Hills. She's also known as Bee Balm. There's lots of different names depending on where you're from. And that was such a fun surprise to feel her drop in because I had this previous knowledge of her. And I felt like when her energy showed up, it was just this full body smile. And it just made my whole body feel happy. So her verb is delight. And she's reminding us that pleasure does not need to be productive, that we can participate in it without it needing to be anything more than just beautiful and pleasurable. Um, so it was a gift to me. I, I really had no expectation either way. And as they started to drop in, I just, I didn't try to say, okay, we need to have this many animals and this many insects and this many birds and this many plants. I actually couldn't tell you what the division is. I have no idea. I just trusted that they would come if they wanted to be in the deck. Wow. So you, you opened yourself up and had this direct experience and, and received these things directly and allowed yeah. yourself to do so. Would, uh, did your, did, was there ever any research or experiences that uh, overlapped with maybe indigenous experiences of the prairie? Um, or have you come across that or any overlap sure. or um, connection there at all? Well, I, I will absolutely acknowledge that in my early exploration of Oracle cards, one of my first decks that I ever bought was medicine cards, which I love. And I absolutely was influenced by the storytelling in that deck, which is by indigenous creators. Um, as I worked on this deck specifically, you know, I'm, I'm always, um, I'm always kind of worried about crossing that boundary. I always want to be very respectful. My approach is that everybody who's a person on the planet is connected to nature and we can all participate in that classroom, but not by capitalizing on someone else's teachings or making them our own. Um, so even though I was absolutely influenced by some of the indigenous teachings in my early exploration of Oracle cards, I was really careful uh, with this deck or any decks that I create that I'm not, I don't go out and research what other people say about any of these beings, right? And so I, I trust what I feel from them. And then my second step is usually, okay, I want to learn about that being. So I often will do a Google search of like, what are the top 10 facts for kids about bison? Because I found that that's a really fast way to narrow down the most distinctive characteristics. And then I sit with that and I think about, okay, what does that symbolize? What is the metaphor? How does that connect with the question that they gave me or the verb that they gave me? And um, just synthesize whatever wants to come through about that. Um, so I'm, I'm a melting pot of all the things that have influenced me, but I, I never have directly uh, researched the different indigenous teachings of these different beings. Right. And so as uh, from the words of your introduction, 
don't forget to explore the frontier with a spirit of adventure and without all the colonial, territorial, or hierarchical bullshit. Love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're, yes. you're into the beyond of that. So right. uh, greatly, greatly appreciate that. And um, I, I wanted to share a personal story, actually, um, that yeah. we love to try out the decks that we get to, you know, <laughs> see how they work for us. We haven't had one mm -hmm. that hasn't worked yet, but um, <laughs> it's always fun. But they, I would say they all work differently and it's fun uh -huh. to, to try each one. So, of course, the first um, step for us is to take out the deck and to shuffle it and to um, mm -hmm pick a card and see what you get right and the you know i'd open up the box and the very first card even without shuffling was the the one that i saw was the the bald eagle am i ready mm. to clean? and mm -hmm. i thought wow i that question just you know because mm -hmm. you're listening to me right now you're not seeing me right but to being <laughs> and, and growing myself as as someone being seen in the world was a really mm -hmm big and vulnerable question for me and so I read that and it just struck me and I went okay well you know but that's the card that's on the top of the published deck right so <laughs> I'm gonna shuffle and see what I get so I shuffled the cards and then guess what I got I got the same one I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that <laughs> and, I can see um, where this was going yeah and it opened a doorway for me that led to all of these eagle synchronicities i mean wow. that week my my husband caught a fish and, and he had seen an eagle you know when he caught the fish and um we saw a nest an eagle's nest while we were on a road trip and and then i was just working with this question for a really really long time so i had this card out on my altar for oh. it's been months and i I'm, just, I'm like when am i going to be done working with this one <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like still in my card reading, but what it's uh -huh. leading to all these amazing synchronicities. But the the latest one is that it looks like I'll be taking a trip to Mexico City, where of course the, mm -hmm. the mythology and the the imagery of the eagle uh, is is a big part of that the forming of that city. So yeah, I am just like you know blown away and saying, wow, this is uh, this this deck works. I I didn't even I really. <laughs> and it was working for me so um, wow that's amazing it's a really just a beautiful experience that I had with this deck so it's just really really grown on me and um and I love that you have put uh these questions on the cards mm -hmm. and because usually I would say for the most part the tarot cards and oracle cards I see they're very like um this is what this card is this is the title mm -hmm. this is the person the thing the place whatever uh and this deck uh has these questions which for me this one that i pulled was just so core to to things i've been working on um in my own self right and encountering yeah. in the world that um and i find that with clients doing card readings uh if you can articulate your question that you know, mm -hmm. when you do the reading, just just asking someone, what is the question you want to ask? That's often half the battle right there, right? Mm -hmm. So just being able to put it down in words and be seen in mm -hmm. this is my biggest, deepest question. Uh, what do the cards have to say? That this this is a huge and powerful part of the reading itself. And to see the questions as part of the cards was wow, that was really quite an <laughs> so um oh. 
can you tell me more about how you landed on these questions and yeah how they they entered into the the card making process or the this deck sure sure well one thing that's always really important to me in what i create is it ties back to the idea of sovereignty but also to because of my own spiritual background and having grown up with a taste of what it's like to be in a very um, strict and limited worldview based on religion and knowing that there's a wide variety of approaches to spirituality that people hold and it's critical for me that what i put out into the world doesn't um, force someone to change their own lens, that I'm still honoring, how are you showing up to connect with spirituality in your own unique, authentic way? And so for me, um, one of the struggles I have with some decks that require you to participate in a specific, you know, narrow view, I, I don't always find resonance in those. And so I think for me, I don't actually remember. I don't think it was me that had this idea of, oh, let's put a question on every card. But I would feel that from the being. I would sometimes feel the specific question. That was often the translating part that took me the longest was sitting with and really trying to understand what is the question that they're inviting me to consider. And I was a little bit nervous to put it right on the card because I know some people have strong opinions about too much words on cards. But it's been overwhelming how positive the reaction has been to those questions. And yeah, I think that having. Is, uh, sorry, that this is coming no. from someone who the, the deck I created has no words on the card. So I mm -hmm. am one of those people. <laughs> and I want to say, though, that um, this really works for this deck. And I think oh, it's thank you. really powerful and, and beautiful. And the questions that, that have come to you, that you've articulated, that you've written down mm -hmm. on each of these cards are poignant and present and alive. So um, I think it was a good it was a good risk to take. And I, I know I cut you off there. Was there more? Oh, that's OK. That's OK. <laughs> no, I, I love hearing that because I feel like part of, you know, having that question on there mimics the energy of opening a door. Because the questions are not yes or no answers. They really ask you to contemplate and to enter into the frame of that question and what's going to be there for you inside of that room. And I've heard from so many people that they either will pull a card to do like a journal prompt or to have a, a question that they think about throughout the day. A lot of people use this deck. I've heard from many tarot readers that will use it to set like a focal point in a reading or a clarifier. Um, when I do readings for people, especially if they don't have a specific area they want to focus on, then I'll often start with a prairie card. And I feel like it just, it's this expansive um, and yet sort of directed energy within each card. It's like, okay, let's put a spotlight here, but we're not limiting anything else. We're still open to whatever is going to exist inside of that door. That's right. I think this deck could be super useful for when you get those clients that come in and they just really want a reading, but they have no idea yeah. what question they want. And usually I'm like, any question's fine, even if it's just, what can you tell me about my life right now? Um, but mm -hmm. I think instead of doing that, I think pulling a card from this deck could be a really great guide in, you know, even mi mixing mm -hmm. and matching with other cards and um, that you like to use. Uh, so I, that's uh, that's an epiphany I'm getting just right now that it, how it could be useful to any reader, you know, yeah. that works with tarot or oracle cards. Sure. And I feel like they're activating, you know, just hearing that question, something bubbles up to the surface within you because it's 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 poised in a way that that asks that to come through rather than telling you what you should try to pull through. 
That's right. Absolutely. So I would be amiss to, to, to not introduce and c connect in the artist here, uh, Amy mm -hmm. Putnick, Putnick Koenig. I was trying yep. to blend her two names there. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, I don't want to forget that I promised you would tell us the, st the synchronistic story of how you connected sure. with her. And yeah, take it away. Okay, well, first off, I have to give a huge shout out to Amy because this deck would not have been possible without her. And she has such a distinctive and um, fun and playful approach to art that just was a perfect match for everything that came through on my end. Um, even though she's a Des Moines native and I had lived in Des Moines for a long time, we had never crossed paths. And this was in the like early December of 2019. I had been feeling these nudges for a while from sort of some gathering energies that were inviting me to work with them. And I kept resisting because I, I do local workshops and I had made another deck before this, but I'm not an artist. And I felt the predominant energies were animals. And I was so nervous about trying to create that deck because I didn't, I'm not an artist. And so I kept putting it off. And finally, one day I said, okay, fine. I'm in, I'll, I'll do this animal deck with you, but you have to find the artist because I've got three little kids and a job and I don't have time. I don't know who you want me to work with. So that was a Sunday. Uh, the next day I had a huge deadline at my attorney job. I finished, I was very tired and frazzled, but I had this crazy overwhelming urge to clean out my closets and bring a bunch of like winter clothing gear to a, a charity drive the next day at a really great local organization. And so I, for whatever reason, that sounded fun to me. I did that and I brought everything the next morning on a Tuesday. And as I dropped off the stuff, I hadn't been in their community room. And I went in and there was this stunning mural on the wall and I could not believe how beautiful it was. And so I started talking to the director about this art and mentioning that I create Oracle decks and needed an artist. And he was like, oh, you need to know Amy. She's the one you need. And I mean, it was less than three days from when I put out to the universe that I needed an artist. That was a Tuesday. So I email Amy and, you know, just say, Hey, do you want to make a deck with me? And, um, I immediately hear back and she said, Oh my gosh, people have been suggesting to me for years that I make a tarot deck, but I've never explored that. So she agrees to meet with me. As soon as we had a plan to meet that Friday, I was sitting and saying, okay, beings, what are you like? What is this deck? How will it add something to the existing incredible selection of decks? And the name Prairie Majesty Oracle dropped into my head and the tagline, Explore Your Sovereign Nature. They just dropped in and I started furiously scribbling for days and coming up with all these exciting ideas of possibilities. And when I first met with Amy that Friday night, she's telling me about herself and she's the coolest person. Like she has these amazing tattoos everywhere, so many animal tattoos, and she has really vivid dreams often with animals. So she's telling me about this just incredible um, journeying that she does while she's sleeping. And she says, you know, recently I've been having this dream and I see words and I rarely see words in my dreams, but I saw words and I could only make out one word and it was sovereign. And I just about fell off my chair. And I, of course I pull out my notes and I'm like, Amy, that's the, the tagline of the deck is explore your sovereign nature. Like I can prove it. It's right here. So we both just we're sort of blown away by that. It was this amazing synchronicity and such a powerful sign that we were meant to do this deck together and that it would be a powerful collaboration. And I think that set up such a beautiful um, pattern for how we approached the whole creative process that we each just 
trusted each other to do our part of it. We were sort of modeling the energies of the deck and never had any doubt. I, she told me once that she felt like that her usual doubt or worries, like that they were repelled by this project, that it was like this project was saying, no, everything is going to work out. Just keep going, keep doing it. Anyway, it was an auspicious beginning and such a gift that we had to start out that way. This is a wonderful story. I really, really enjoyed. Oh. I, I, I enjoyed reading it in the little booklet, and I'm um, enjoying it even more hearing you tell it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving me time to tell the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. And I, I wanted her to, you know, be here in spirit and to to have that that's that's yes. represented. Absolutely. Um. So let's see. You also speak in your little introduction. Uh, about a homework for each of these cards that was assigned to you. So as as mm -hmm. you got the imagery and the and you were working with on each card and and the presence that's in that card, there's there's some healing that needed to be done. Uh, is there Absolutely. one card you might like to talk about that that taught you that lesson? I know you. Uh, I think you talked a little bit about the wild bergamot earlier, but is there any others mm -hmm. where there was a some specific healing that that needed to be done or, or experienced to to create that card. Sure. I mean, I, I feel like for each of them uh, in the beginning, there were a number that came through very quickly. And I think that was partly a reflection of the work I'd already been doing, but I was already sort of well versed in the, what they were offering and I understood their message. Um, so I would say it was more the back half that I felt like, okay, these guys are really giving me more homework that I need to, I, I can't unlock their message until I move through it and integrate it for myself. And the one that, um, I've talked about this before, but uh, the one that stands out to me the most is actually the honeybee, which was really a surprise because I felt very early on um, her energy. And I should just clarify here, I do sometimes use he or her to talk about the different beings. And that's more a reflection of whether I feel a more dominant or feminine energy from them, but I do believe each of us has both. We all have the carry, we all carry the full spectrum of masculine to feminine energies. And so my using of those pronouns is not intended to be limiting in any way, but I just wanted to make that clear. Um, but the honeybee, I, I had felt her early on. I knew she would be in the deck, but it wasn't, she was one of the very last cards that I worked with. And I was so surprised by the intensity of it. I had thought she would be this, uh, her verb is sweeten. And so I was thinking, oh, this is going to be like a very light kind of easy energy, maybe more like the wild bergamot. And as I sat with her, um, her question is, what is mine to share? And as I sat with her, I really, I, I kept thinking about the times in my life that have been so, so hard when I've been at emotional bottom and really needing help. And how harmful and hurtful it is for someone to tell you something superficial, like, well, just choose to be happy, just choose to be positive, just attract the thing that you need. And that is so toxic when you're in the middle of an emotional crisis or a physical healing crisis. And so I was really cognizant of, I wanted to understand honeybee's energy in a way that did not just reflect this superficial message, because I could tell she wanted to go deeper. and. As I was willing to entertain that and ask those questions, I felt like I had to go to a very dark place. Um, I was actually like physically having 
um, like physical releases and like a feeling of just not terror, but just a lot of fear. Like I had, I felt like I was kind of abandoned in this blackness and I was crying and I was, it was very scary for me. Um, and I remember calling my mom cause I was like, what, I need to work through this energy, but what, what is happening? And as I continued to sit with it, I felt like my perception of that darkness shifted. And I realized that like, so honeybee came to me and she was, like, you're not in darkness. You're not alone. You're not bereft. You are just in this womb and you can't see, but she, it was like, she showed me that my umbilical cord is still attached to the great mother. And that just because I was in this womb, I was never completely alone. And what the word that she kept giving me was seamstress. Like she's this seamstress that sews these tiny stitches in the greater tapestry of life. And that is something honeybees do. They're so critical to our food supply. But on a metaphysical level, it felt like she was reminding me um, that I'm always connected to the great mother, to source energy, to that deep, expansive consciousness and intelligence and love. And that when I, that my act of sharing the sweetening that I'm offering when I'm in her energy is to remind other people of that and to help them feel their place and their connection and all of that. Mm -hmm. So her card, when it shows up, it could either mean you need to model her energy and share the abundance when you are feeling that connection and you're feeling that love and it's flowing through you, then you're sharing it with the people outside of you and helping them to remember they carry it too. And other times it's her offering to help show you and to steward you through that process of remembering that you are connected. You're never alone, no matter how dark or hard it gets, you're never alone. And that was such a journey to land there, but I have always just felt so grateful to her for help, like midwifing me through that, because it was pretty scary for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the honeybee card. Oh, that is so beautiful. And what a, an amazing connection to the great mother that, you know, was delivered yes. through that bee. And, uh, I've, I've recently worked with some wasp medicine. Uh-huh. Um, I know, read about that. <laughs> <laughs> and these, these, uh, these entities with stingers, right. As kids were just mm -hmm. out of them. And, um, you know, it's so much medicine there to work through when you learn about them and, and know how vulnerable they are and powerful and amazing uh, mm -hmm. things that are, are there to, to be offered if you open up, which, which, you know, through that, that experience, you certainly did. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. And I have to tell you, reading your blog about the wasps was inspiring to me too, because we have a small wasp nest forming right outside the door to our backyard. And um, I'm not sure what to do with it. And I know that there's a message involved and I've sort of, I've just been really busy and haven't sat with it, but reading your post was reminding me, okay, I need to make time to figure out what's going on here and not just call someone to come take them away. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, that's so great. And I, I think uh, also just, and you do this in your deck as well is, is connecting in with that very particular species because mm -hmm. once I found out that this particular this it was this giant wasp that you yeah. know had bright yellow and black you know stripes and oh boy it looked mm -hmm. really exotic and really scary and then when I learned that it was a mud dauber you know <laughs> it was flying up where I was pouring water on my stone that I'm meditating in front of now it was totally coming there for the mud and it was taking mm -hmm. this mud away. And so it was this profound connection to the earth and it was actually creating its, its nest for, for new life 
um, with the earth itself. Um, and that to me went, and then I found out that it wasn't, it, it's very rare that it will sting you. And then once I learned that and opened up mm -hmm. to that learning, that fear uh, totally melted away around this creature. And I was able to actually like feel feelings for it and being like, oh, I hope it works out well for you. Uh, <laughs> catching those spiders and sticking them in your mud. <laughs> right i was like oh that's an interesting karma for the spider but anyway <laughs> right <laughs> um but it was just so cool to to learn about that web of how it lived and um and interacted with other creatures and and had its little life i just never witnessed this creature before it's right there so mm -hmm. um so there's there's keys in as you say like um that that key verb in your cards is something mm -hmm. that the animal does and and by studying right. the behaviors of the animals there's something so beautiful in there uh that can open up worlds for our um super intelligent but also kind of foolish human selves <laughs> yes there's just so much to learn there and uh and and you can do that with with these cards and with these animals that you you're spending time with so um for sure greatly greatly appreciate it so let's let's move on uh to the spreads so you offer a few in your booklet as well mm -hmm. and the one that i that stuck out to me is that you can do a nice simple spread of four cards um that represent the seasons and it's not the literal yes. it's not the literal seasons like what's going to happen uh in the fall um winter spring summer it's it more has to do with the the kind of the energies of those seasons and and what yes. is bringing to life and what uh, might be ebbing away and um there's a question for each one of those stages and, and, and i thought that was a really cool and non-literal way to approach seasons because i always feel like mm -hmm. the seasons are alive in you know right what time of year it is or maybe it's because i live in the bay area and it's always the same time mm -hmm. of year. I don't know. but um mm -hmm. so yeah what what can you tell me about the that spread or any of the spreads and and how to use these cards? sure sure well i felt like because this deck is such a uh, it's such a mirror for nature. It really is looking at this specific ecosystem and how everything is connected that, like you said, pulling in this seasonal cycle in a way that wasn't tied to what part of the year you actually were experiencing right then felt like another way to expand just the whole vocabulary of the deck. And so that spread is really useful if you're wanting to see, all right, what is the cyclical nature of the energy that I'm moving through right now? And so in the spring, you've got something that you're planting, something new, some kind of seed, something that is an opening, a beginning. And then you move to summer where you're expanding and you're growing and something is, so it's something that you are uh, stretching your capacity for in a sense. And then you move into the fall and okay, what is the thing that you're actively harvesting, that you're gathering, that you're bringing in and pulling in with your arms. And then finally in the winter, you're, you're gestating, you're decomposing, you're resting, you're, you're turning inward. And that no matter what part of the season you're in right now, where you live in the world, I think we can see um, a twin, you know, mere image of that in the energy that you're moving through. Because we, it goes back to this idea that we experience time as linear, but when we're not inside of our human bodies, that's not the way that our consciousness experiences itself. And so to step out and sort of see that big picture of what is this circular energy that I'm moving through can give us insights that help us to lean into it 
and, and, tr- and to trust it and to not try to micromanage it and just say, okay, this is the, this is what I'm moving through right now. How can I embrace it instead of fighting against it? Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to try that spread now. I think that's a really oh, good. cool way to, and I like, um, I don't like like Celtic cross giant mm-hmm. spreads. I love ones that, that stick to about four cards, three or four cards. <laughs> really nice. So yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> and, um, one more question for you. So I, I poked into one of your blogs and you had talked about the process of creating a deck and you've created mm-hmm. two before this one, I believe using photography. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then we, you have another one on the way, which we're going to talk, talk about at the end of this little show. But um, I'm curious about, I think you had mentioned in one of your blogs, a struggle you had had around, okay, there's a type of deck or product that the um, that people will buy, and then there's mm-hmm. the the one that authentically you need to create. And so, mm-hmm. how, how have you um, and you you've, you're working with a major publisher with the Hay House, and like how have you kind of navigated that um, tension between you know producing something that you know is marketable versus mm-hmm. you know st- staying true to this welcoming of wisdom sure well i feel like for me it's very much been about just peeling back the layers that are around my own sense of identity or self-worth or value and the more that i shed any old beliefs that that i need to have something that is a huge success or that's well received or that people that it's popular you know the more that i release all of those old um, needs or beliefs that i've held then it's it's allowed me to step into a more organic process that honestly when i'm in that creative phase and i'm really tuning in to these energies and trying to honor what they want to be the last thing on my mind is whether it's going to be marketable i just get so excited by the possibility and how potent it is. I, I love that part of the creative phase when you're just starting out and it's like, you've got that blank paper and you're just, what are you going to be? I love that so much. And I think for me, being in that energy is the most, one of the most nourishing places for me. And it helps me to feel like I'm tuning into my authentic self. It's like, it gives me this shield or this armor against a lot of beliefs that are harder for me to stay no to when I'm not inside of that. You know, that I've, I'm a recovering people pleaser and I've always wanted to be well-liked or to get along with everybody or to have people understand me. Um, and it's, it's been really healing for me to realize that if I set all of that down and, and do what I feel the most nourished by, then it's like it inoculates me against all of that, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. That's, that's great medicine for me as I... Uh, start to write the book to my my, my cards so um I'm getting lots, fun. lots of lots of teaching from you and I, I love oh, it. Um, thank so you. let's wrap up today just by hearing about what's next for you so you know this one's out in the world now and it's uh mm-hmm. it's been published and I know you have another one that's on the way so can you tell us about what to ex- expect next Sure. Um, So the deck that I have coming out soon is called Song of the Grandmothers. It's actually a reworking of the very first deck I ever made five years ago that I simply called the Grandmother's Oracle. Um, I had put that out with photographs. It was very small, mostly just me and friends and family that were using it. 
And um, as I was working on the prairie deck with Amy and witnessing how cool it was to see original art that reflected the energy of each card and to see how visible it was and how cohesive it was, I really started to wish that I could go back and revisit that deck and find an artist who could bring it to life in, in an original way. And I, so I had that sort of seed in my heart. And as the prairie deck was getting wrapped up and we were printing and all of that, I really started to feel um, new beings coming through. So the original deck was called the Grandmother's Oracle. And it's born out of the fact that I grew up without grandmothers because of this huge split in my family when my parents left the Mormon church. And um, about five years ago, I realized nature had filled that role for me and that I had always had a place to go to feel connected and that I belonged. And so um, there were four categories in that original deck. And I started to feel like there were more beings that wanted to be in that deck, that I had evolved as a person and had a deeper ability to understand a bigger spectrum of that deck. And um, so that was in the winter of 2020. And I had connected with Marty in the Sky. You might know her from the Gentle Tarot, which is just a phenomenal tarot deck. And we became friends when we were both running our first Kickstarter campaigns when I was doing the Prairie one. And um, that winter, I started to feel this, this crocodile with me who was just grinning up at me with these huge teeth. And I finally, like, I was scared of her. And I finally sat with her and she helped me process this big fear that I had had. But she was an ambassador of a new category of grandmothers called the Destruction Grandmothers. And then I started to understand the name was Song of the Grandmothers. The original deck did have a lot of musical elements to explain the categories. But again, I just wasn't ready at that time to understand its fullness. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was January of 2021. I worked up my courage to ask Marty if she would illustrate this deck because I admire her so much. And I just love her art and the way she approaches life with so much heart and so much love. And she said, yes, which was just this most exciting thrill. And um, that's been sort of on the back burner for a long time now, while we both have been working on other things. And earlier this year, uh, we started to really work on it in earnest. And so it now has um, six categories. It's the way that I think of its energy compared to the prairie deck. So the prairie deck, it's like you're opening a door. It's a very active deck. The grandmother's is like each card is a mini womb. And when you open the door, there's a grandmother sitting in it. So I use these decks together when I do readings and they're phenomenal. They, oh, wow. they have such synergistic um, completion of each other. So the grandmothers are again about a cycle and they're about emotional space holding and helping us to step into our heart-based living and feeling and not so much our cerebral analytical brain, which I'm very comfortable in. I'm an attorney. That's what I'm trained to focus on. So the grandmother's um, song moves from self-love to harmony, to growth, to possibility, to service, and then destruction. And then the cycle starts over. And so I'm thrilled to be um, on the precipice of birthing this deck into the world because it really, the grandmothers are the ones who opened everything for me to, that I'm, to everything that I'm doing now. So it feels very full circle for me to come back to them and to elevate the whole project in a completely new way. And um, it feels like it's a very needed deck at this time in the world, that there's a lot of people feeling squeezed and getting, we're all just in this intense pressure cooker. And I think that it's um, important and critical and necessary for us to move into this next phase for the collective and humanity that has more equality and freedom and love and compassion. But it's hard. It's really hard what we're doing right now. And I feel like the grandmothers are here to just 
like hold our hands and say, we can't do the work for you, but we can sure hug you and love you and support you while you're doing this hard stuff. And anyway, I'm really excited about it. (laughs) I am really excited about that as well. um, With, with someone who had spotty connection to Mm. living grandmothers, I have felt grandmothers kind of from the other side, always there. Yeah. So I'm really excited about a deck that will um, mm, allow me to to have more imagery and connection in that with the yes. I'm just I'm I'm so delighted and excited to to see that one out on the press. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, um, and I will say too that deck does come with six extra cards that are blank, so that people can add their own grandmother connections. So maybe maybe they connect. This deck is not an ecosystem based deck. Um, there are I think that there are actually more non-animal beings than animals in this deck. There's a lot of plants and trees and elements and then also quite a few animals. Um, but you can add your own grandmother. So a lot of people who have a personal relationship with a human grandmother are very excited to, you know, to put her in the deck. And then when you pull that card, it's like, oh, she's wanting to connect with you from the other side. She has a message. Or you might add different archetypes or goddess energies, or if there's nature beings that aren't in the deck, or if there's an ancestor you work with, it's really very broad what you could do for that card. So I'm kind of excited to see what people come up with for that, because I think it will open a lot of creativity. Well, that's great. We'd love to have you back on the podcast to, to hear, you know, oh, thank you. the other side of that and, and stories that come from that experience. This is going to be amazing. So um, be in touch and how I will. Our- thank you. Yeah, thank you. And and how can our listeners best kind of see uh, follow your work and and see mm-hmm. what you're up to? Sure. Well, my website is joyfulresonance.com and it has links for my social media as well as I started a Substack blog earlier this year. I'm a I'm a writer at heart and I started to feel like I needed more space than you can have in an Instagram caption. So I'm, I'm excited to, I've been so focused on um, getting this new deck out into the world, but I'm very excited to go back to writing. So my Substack is also linked on my website, if anyone would like to follow along. And I'm also writing my first book that I hope to finish this fall. So lots of good stuff to come. Yay, wonderful. Well, we'll be, we'll be following you and keeping an eye on what you're up to next. And I uh, just want to thank you so much for bringing this deck into the world, the Prairie Majesty Oracle, Explore Your Sovereign Nature. And I'll be exploring my sovereign nature uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yay. with the inspiration of this beautiful work you've brought into the world. So thank you so much and, 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 and for coming to talk with us about it. Well, it's been my honor. I really appreciate you having me and everyone who's tuned in. Thank you for listening and hearing more about it. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Find out more about Kara and connect with her on her website, joyfulresonance.com. And big thanks to our patrons, Peter, Janet, Richard, Joro, Juniper, and Rash of Stay Woke Tarot. We appreciate our patrons and their support. Find out more about the great benefits of being our patron, tiny.cc slash tarot podcast. And this episode is sponsored by Free Range Priestess on Etsy, where you will find non-traditional rosaries, quirky prayer beads, sacred jewelry, and more. 
freerangepriestess.com or search for Free Range Priestess on Etsy. This podcast is produced by Both And Media, and the theme music is by The Luna Group. Until next time, aloha. Thank you.